It's in seasons of waiting when temptation likes to hit because temptation is always a shortcut to get to what you want or seemingly what you want. And it's in seasons of waiting when that temptation likes to hit. We're going to see that today in Genesis chapter 39, a little bit of a saucy chapter mm-hmm. coming up. And we're going to hit it in just a second. But, Dad, what did we miss this weekend? Yeah, well, I really hope you uh, read this last weekend because it, it it's the precursor to what we're going to have, not just today, but for the next couple of weeks because we are now going to be talking about the dominant character of Genesis, the two main characters of Genesis. At least the greatest amount of time spent on them is Abraham and now Joseph. And the story of Joseph began on Saturday with Genesis 37. We had a kind of a, boy, a tough chapter yesterday in chapter 38 with the story of Tamar. And that, again, was another R-rated chapter, but you should go back and read it if you haven't already. But now we're in chapter 39 of Genesis. Genesis 39. You're listening to Between the Lines, just in case you were sitting there wondering, going, what am I listening to right (laughs) now? Who is this? (laughs) I'm I'm, Scott. I'm Junior, and we're just going to jump in right now. Genesis 39, verse 1. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt, so again, Joseph is the son of Jacob, who we've been following. Joseph is a man who dominates the book of Genesis, his narrative. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was a captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now, captain of the guard uh, means he might quite possibly have been the chief executioner of Egypt. So this is a, this is a very intimidating man. Mm-hmm. Historians have had made that uh, comment, yes. He obviously had a lot of power, but was a very intimidating person. The Lord was a Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except for what kind of food to eat. Now, here you have a 17-year-old boy who is put in this horrible situation with brothers that sold him down into Egypt to be a slave, and then he enters into this household as a slave, not even understanding the language or being able to speak the language of the people surrounding him and, and the people that he's even working for. This is a terrible situation, and I, I know some of you understand because some of you are working in some difficult situations. You may not be a literal slave as Joseph was, but you're in a bad situation. But what does Joseph do? He takes this really bad situation and he pours himself into doing the best that he absolutely can with what he has. And it worked well for him. Yeah. And you see him just killing it Mm -hmm. as far as his work ethic. A lot of 17-year-olds aren't as hard workers. We see Joseph just killing it right And notice how Potiphar noticed not just that he was a good worker and that he was successful, but he he saw this as being the hand of God. Yeah. He saw this as the Lord was with him. So Potiphar notices something about Joseph. The problem is, is Potiphar's wife begins to notice (laughs) something about Joseph here. We pick it up. It says, Joseph was very handsome and well-built young man. Dun, dun, dun. That's right, exactly. If scripture had sound effects. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Now, I just want to pause here because sometimes I've seen pastors preach on this and they, you know, they kind of paint Potiphar's wife to be this very attractive woman and kind of try to sexy up their sermon. We don't know what she looked like. 
Um, you know, but we do know that in Egypt, the women were more well kept be- because of their just their mm-hmm. culture and and how advanced their culture was. Well, they but paid we- very close uh, attention to their appearances. Appearances mattered a lot to the Egyptians. Yes. And- but more than any of that, aside from what she looked like, we do know that Joseph is lonely. He's mm-hmm. got no real hope of finding a a Hebrew girl. A, a, who loves God in Egypt. He's a foreigner in a foreign land. He's likely not going to get married. He has really no opportunity. And, now, and slaves yeah. had no rights, so yeah. he didn't even have a right to marry another slave. Yeah. So this is a great temptation. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, told her my master trusts me with everything in his, in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing It would be a great sin against, not Potiphar, against God. Sometimes we fall into sin because we don't realize that. Mm -hmm. It's not hurting anybody. It's a sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, and he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. And I love that. He's just trying to stay out of the way of temptation, not flirting with it. Not seeing how close he can get, just staying out of her way. And oftentimes, and, and this is flirtation in the office, uh, in offices is often defended by saying, well, we're not doing anything. It's harmful flirtation. In fact, there are professional counselors that encourage it. They say it's a way to let off some of your sexual steam. And they are so far from the truth because yeah. any affair that ever takes place, it always starts in these early stages. Yeah, it's just pushing a boundary and mm-hmm. pushing a boundary. And then the boundary gets moved until you wind up being okay with doing something that otherwise at one time you said you would never do. Yep. You want to take it from verse 11, Dad? Yeah, verse 11. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Now, remember, he's he's a slave. She's a slave owner. And so at this point, it's a matter of almost, you know, you obey me. Sleep, Come on, sleep yeah. with me. And Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, and of course, now she's been spited. This is, she was not happy about this at all. So um, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. Now look at just the manipulation in this, in this woman. Not only does she blame Joseph, you know, claiming rape, but look who she blames in verse 14. Mm-hmm. My husband brought this Hebrew. So now I'm gonna, you know, Bring I'm gonna put to, this on my, yeah. my husband. Continue on in verse 15. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind me. And she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you've brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. Now that prison would have been absolutely terrible. It would have been awful. Archaeologists say it would have been likely buried a little bit underground. It would have acted as an oven all in the Egyptian summer heat. And the, the surprising thing to me, though, is that he didn't have Joseph put to death. I actually suspect that... He knew his wife yeah. and he also wondered. had seen the character of Joseph. Yeah. And there was a part of him that wondered, is she really telling the truth here? Yeah. Verse 21 then, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. 
and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in, in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Now, here's the thing that you see that no matter where Joseph is, he always handles himself the same way. Yeah. So a lot of people, they think if I were given a good opportunity, then I'm going to do so much better. I mean, it's just, it's his job that's keeping me down or the situation, the, the circumstances or the office drama or whatever. It's all these things are keeping me down. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, whatever situation you're in, if you would succeed in a good job, then you're going to succeed in the job that you're in today because it's all about you and your character, the yeah. value that you bring, the atmosphere you create, not the atmosphere that you're just reacting to. Yep. Yeah. He is the same as a slave in prison, and that's what led to his eventual success yeah. because his character did not waver based on the circumstances. Well, I like that you in. point that out because I think a lot of times we focus on the environment we're in as an excuse, you know, as you were mm -hmm. saying. But God just says, no, 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 you focus on the responsibilities and you kill it regardless mm -hmm. of the environment that I put you in. Let's get over to Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 10. And we again, as always, we encourage you to read the entire chapters. <laughs> Man, this chapter's full of wise sayings. Yeah. But Which, we want to we talk to some of the young people here. Yeah. How the high school age, even middle school, high school age especially, that's right. And Which junior, verse was it, Dad? Which, this is uh, verse 5. Verse 5. <laughs> now, you remember, we, this was a rule of ours. Now, a yeah. lot of parents don't have this rule anymore, and I, I challenge our parents on this one. I, I really do. I, yeah. I know that athletics is a big deal, and, uh, but the thing is, is how important will those sports be 10, 20 years from now? It was our rule as parents. Not only did we require our kids to go to youth group, they had to go to church. If they're living in our house, or they go to church and they go to youth group. But um, they also had to have a job. Yeah, you, you yep. had to start working. I mean, well, that's I, what builds character. I mean, you yeah. look at Joseph in the text that we just read, seventeen years old, mm -hmm. killing in Potiphar's house, he knew how and then to work he goes already. to prison, and now he's he's going up as well. So, just the idea of a work ethic with with young people is absolutely huge. And Dad, I really like how your trans. I know we're both reading at the NLT. Yeah. I do like how your translation says it better than mine. Okay. Well, in, so this is Proverbs ten five. It says, "A wise youth works hard all summer." <laughs> So, hey, high schoolers, yeah. we, got, we have a job for you at camp. We will That's hire right. you. You can come out <laughs> to camp. You can live there. We'll feed you, and we'll pay you money that you can actually, at the end of the summer, you can have all of it because you, there's nothing you have to spend money on. That's right. So we'll pay you money to work hard all summer. Yep. Hey, I just read it in Proverbs. I mean, you got to do what God's word <laughs> says, right? Well, I think about it, even for me personally, you sent me to a camp in Romania when yeah. I was 17, mm -hmm. I think maybe just to get me out of your house for a month. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joking. But there was, there was, it was a lot of hard well, work. Well, at 17, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of hard work. And I look back at that summer being a very, very formative mm -hmm. summer for me. It, I didn't make any money and it cost us money to get mm -hmm. me there, but it was a huge summer in my life. Mm. So yeah, a wise, uh, a wise youth works hard all summer. Parents, uh, I encourage you, have your kids get a job. Yep. They, they need to work. But I also encourage you, camp is a great opportunity for kids to learn a good work ethic and right. to contribute to a good environment. And then it goes on and says, a youth who sleeps away the hour of opportunity brings shame. You let your kids sleep in and spend the time in bed, man, it's not good for them. And yep. it's going to wind up biting you because you're, you know, it, I mean, there, there's nothing that's more hurtful than struggling with an adult child who's doing poorly. Yeah. And a way to get around that 
Don't let them sleep just, in. Don't let them sleep in. That's yeah. what it well, says. Well, I, I, it's kind of had a proud, sorry, I'm going to brag for a second yeah. here, but I had a proud dad moment the other day because I've been waking my oldest up at 6.15. Just because I've noticed when she sleeps past 7, she's just kind of ornery and cranky and slow yeah, to get so to my. her. So <laughs> Yeah, right, slow to get her stuff done. And so I sat her down one day. I said, all right, every morning I'm waking you up at 6.15. You're going to hit the day hard. You're going to just go at it. And and then one day I forgot, and the day I forgot, she reminded me. She said, "Dad, tomorrow, can you please do that? Because I need it." Aww. So she recognized it too. There's just something awesome. to this verse: wake yeah. up early, hit the day, hit the ground running. Work hard. Teach your kids to work hard. That's right. All right. Well, this was a good, good couple of chapters, uh, both Proverbs as well as Genesis 39. We're going to be in chapter Genesis 40 tomorrow. And we'll look forward to seeing you then. God bless. 